Hey, are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started? Well, when we first began, we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's a n c h o r.fm to get started. Now back to the pod. Hi guys, welcome to another episode from All About Sports the podcast. Today's episode we will be discussing tennis. In our previous episodes we've discussed different sports already and today's topic is going to be uh, all about tennis. Uh, the topic for discussion that we are going to have today is uh, women's tennis is women's tennis more competitive than the men's tennis is women's tennis more inconsistent than the men's tennis uh, so that is basically what we'll be discussing into we'll be diving deep into um, now obviously women's tennis we have um, uh, a world champion in Serena Williams who has gone on to win 23 grand slams and then after that you have other women tennis players who are um, who, who I don't think have won more than 7 grand slam i think the second highest is number 7 So there is this wide gap but when we jump on the men's side you have Roger Federer at 20 Nadal recently hit 20 you have Djokovic at 17 the game uh, at least in uh, in the top brackets is very very competitive it's very close uh, so this is basically what we guys are going to be discussing today uh, is it just that women's tennis has a lot more depth in terms of a lot of star players and that's the reason or, or, or probably in terms of a lot of more athletes uh, who can compete at the highest level and that's the reason why there isn't a uh, a more dominance from a certain set group of athletes or is it just that it's very inconsistent uh so we open up this debate and uh, aniket who is uh, a massive massive tennis fan what do you think bro what do you think about the situation okay so for me i mean everyone could i think whoever looks at it could make an argument both ways right for what you just said but to me i think in the last two decades Serena has been a clear front runner. She's been a world beater since she came onto the scene in the early 2000s, barring her injury stint in the late, late first decade of the 2000s. And then she comes back from that injury, dominates again for three, four years. So when she's on song, <laughs> there's nobody to compete. But this is where I think women's tennis and men's tennis have differed over. the last few not few okay 20 years not few years is in case this so called world beater is not having a good run there isn't a clear number 2 there isn't a clear number 3 to consistently dominate the slams and the wta events because there are clearly more unique winners in the women's draw as opposed to the men's draw in the last 20 years so that is just my personal opinion that there are more pe- more players who compete at a closer level to each other and there are there are of course a lot of reasons for that in uh, women's tennis 
but of course <laughs> mazar clearly disagrees so i think he's going to have a go at this one <laughs> uh so uh, adiket uh, i mean firstly it's the perfect note to start off with i believe serena williams uh, she is arguably the greatest tennis player ever she's only behind uh, margaret court by one grand slam she has 23 court has 24 the problem with serena has been in the last 3 years of course injury plus uh she was pregnant so she missed out on a year as well those were important factors which played a role in her not winning grand slams now serena has played tennis for over two decades now two decades yeah. uh she has only failed to win a grand slam in five years between 99 to 2017 so if we're talking about dominance even on the men's circuit even women's tennis has had it yes. it's not that but where i have to disagree with you gui is where you said that there's no number 2 now what i mean by disagreeing with that is the fact that i think everyone discounts how hard it is to win the roland garros uh historically okay. as well sorry 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 i'm just going to cut yeah. you off like like i think i didn't complete that statement well enough there hasn't been a consistent number 2 or number 3 for as many years as there has been in the men game that's yeah, okay now okay. now that is my fair. argument fair okay so now i'll just get into uh, the number 2 and 3 reasons and why i feel that uh, women's tennis has had this problem of continuous winners or consistent winners like the jokovic's the nadals and the federers is mainly because they are all certain surface specialists so if you just look at it there are currently only eight players in the women's circuit who have won multiple slams what i mean by multiple is literally two or more and yeah uh, and that and basically uh, it's only naomi osaka and angeli kerber who have won three venus williams is still active she has seven but i don't see her winning any title now it's been years uh, she so since she won let's be honest venus so. had venus had tennis taken away from her let's i mean that is what happened let's be honest right. the injuries and the autoimmune which is like it is sad because she was she is a stalwart of the game fair enough but what i'm basically trying to get at is the problem is everyone's discounting the fact that you have you have to remember that roland garros is the hardest grand slam to win hands down the other problem with roland garros is historically as well in women's tennis there hasn't been a dominant force in that one open Justine Henna was the only one who won three in a row. Exactly, I was plus, absolutely coming to that. Yeah. Right. Plus Sharapova made three finals consecutively, but that was pretty much it in the modern decade. Uh, so, I think if you rule that out, now you can come to the consistencies that we've been seeing recently. Naomi Osaka is a hardcore queen. I would say she's too yeah. young. She'll become much better once she gets more experience. I see her dominating. at least uh, the hardcore tournaments so i expect her to dominate the australian open and the us open of course being american there's home support as well at the us open which gives her that upper hand petra kvitova's back looking good she's a dominant grass court player so i'm expecting her to start winning as well so i am seeing certain players winning consistently at certain slams but the problem is 
they won't be able to challenge in all surfaces only because they aren't great across all surfaces but that doesn't mean it's uh, they are inconsistent or they are lacking in certain aspects of the game it's just that everyone grows up playing on a certain surface it's very hard to adapt we can't forget that federer nadal and djokovic are actually generational, generational, generational. talents yeah. exactly so uh, i just want to end on this note and then of course we can take this discussion further but for me saying that women's tennis is inconsistent is a bit harsh simply because i see it being a surface case and everyone being dominant or good players on particular surfaces i'm i'm really glad you all mentioned that because i think you all brought up two important distinctions one is let's talk about we're talking about tennis since 2000 and when we talk about tennis since 2000 like you all mentioned we're talking basically from men's singles tennis we're talking about federer djokovic rafa nadal which really is for all time the golden era of men's singles tennis these three are the top leaders in total grand slams the second highest is the the, the lowest of them is djokovic with 17 and the next highest is 14 i think the distinction is just exactly and i think the distinction is just this isn't the golden era for women's tennis they do have serena williams who is probably is the greatest player of all time but in terms of competition it isn't the era of like margaret court versus billie jean king it's not navratilova versus Steph, steffi graf it isn't that golden era type era for women's tennis and it it will maybe come again later and i think that's just really the, the distinction i think this has been the greatest decade or two decades of men's tennis from top elite talent competition i don't think it is Uh, for women's tennis, which it was in like the 1990s, maybe maybe in the 1980s, 1990s, uh, and, and that's really and just. I don't, and I don't think for a second that there hasn't been a dominant force or multiple forces in the last two decades. If you look at the first decade of the 2000s, I think 30 out of 44 slams, 40 slams were won between four people. It was between Serena, Venus. Kim Clijsters and Justin Anna, yeah. which is which is an absurd sixty-five <laughs> percent. It's it's crazy, right? To think that they were not dominant or they were inconsistent, wrong. All right, but Mazar said it very well. He articulated that bit very well. Where say Justin Anna was constantly competing on clay, and clay unless unless her name is Rafa Nadal. <laughs> Let, let's be honest, it's anyone's game, <laughs> and. Uh, even in the 2010s decade serena has had her big 3 4 years she's won 8 out of 16 tournaments between 2012 and 2015 again that's that's crazy but why i said that there isn't a clear number 2 or number 3 is just to put it as a comparison to men's tennis where suppose federer happens to skip a slam you know is going between two people if jokovic skips a slam you know is going between two people but there have been so many unique winners in women's tennis that you can't say that so which is why i believe women's tennis is more competitive by the way which is why i think it is more competitive not uh, not to say that they are inconsistent there are more people who can mount a challenge on the so, number 2 or number 3 is what i wanted to say I hundred percent agree with you guys. Like the, the top three in men's tennis are generational, but in men's tennis, there's been other uh, uh, com- com- competitors coming into the place, and they have been there for a certain amount of time. Like for example, we had a Murray, we had a uh, Davidenko, 
we had uh, 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 Roddick, we had Hewitt. All these guys, when they came, they competed, they challenged. Of course, they could not become the Federers or the Nadals or the Djokovic's, but their challenge was consistent for a certain duration of time. My, my look at the women's scene is, uh, while there are some clear-cut players who are just absolutely dominant, in terms of challenging their domination and consistently challenging their domination for a period of time, I don't see too much out there because, like for example, certain things I'd like to discuss is, um, and right now only I'm saying some of the pronunciations, I'm going to get them wrong. So that, that's just a disclaimer. We have uh, Caroline Wozniacki. She won the Australian Open in 2018. Fantastic player, but after nothing. She's just not been there on the scene. She's not been dominant. She's not been winning. Then after that, we have Anjali Kerb. She won three Grand Slams. In 2016, she wins the Australian Open, US Open. 2017, she doesn't even get past the fourth round. 2018, she wins Wimbledon. 1920, again, she doesn't get beyond the fourth round. Then we have uh, Simona Halep or Halep. Again, she wins two slams in 2018-19. But after that, she's been struggling to get past the fourth round. You have Anna Ivanovic, who was a thorough champion. Like, she was a great player. She was seeded number one. She has a nose dive all the way down to seed 65. She wins the French Open in 2018. Uh, she's competitive in 2016. In those 34 Grand Slam that she plays, only on three occasions, she goes to the quarterfinals and above that. So what I'm trying to say is, like, in the women's game, there is a certain degree of inconsistency as compared to the men's players who have won Grand Slams and are at least challenging to win Grand Slams. In the women's game, someone who wins a Grand Slam, next tournament, they probably go out in the first round, the second round, the third round, and that level of consistency to compete or to challenge is missing. So, I, I actually, I, I, well, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think there are a couple of factors at play. I think the first one is timing. I think I, we've gotten really lucky with the Rafa Djokovic Federer situation because of timing. They've hit their primes. Other than Federer, maybe you started a little bit earlier. Somewhat at a similar time, right? It was Federer started, then Nadal comes in, then finally Djokovic, who was like number three for a while, finally hits a strike. And so basically for us, the 2010s have been all three of them firing it on all cylinders. So I think one issue that's happened is timing, right? So Serena has been a kind of consistent force to the, to, to, through the 2000s. Beginning of the 2000s, we have like Venus Williams, um, maybe Lindsay Davenport. As we go later, we have Kim Clijsters. And then some interesting, uh, Justin Hennen as well, uh, or Hena through the 2000s. And then some interesting things happen, right? So I think some of the people who are, uh, meant to meant to be the competitors, the number twos, consistent number twos, consistent number threes, have had just things come up. I think exactly like we mentioned, uh, Venus Williams with her um, health issues. Kim Clijsters, she retired at 28, I want to say. Like, really, really young. There are, there are some fantastic examples. Sharapova lost multiple years because of a shoulder, if I'm not wrong. Lena retired after two French Open wins. Uh, because of a bad knee, right? Yeah. Let's be honest, there are injuries on the men's side as well. But it's just that the, the, you never notice those injuries because the top three are never injured at the same time. <laughs> the yeah. top three are never injured at the same time. So it's almost, there is a clear favorite right off the bat for every Grand Slam in possibly the last 15 years since when Federer really kicked in. Compared to the women's game, I would say there are two ways to look at it. Because there is no, like, 
like in the men's game, there are four grand slams. We know it's either going to be Federer or Nadal or Djokovic and blah blah blah. In the women's game, we actually cannot be hundred percent sure as to who it might be because there can be a total surprise element. So yeah, on the other side, it, the argument can be that it is very competitive. There is a surprise element that a, a certain player. You can't like really bet on a certain player because another player can come up and win it as compared to the men's game. But largely, I just feel like how Gui also mentioned that that consistent number two or that consistent number three. I feel that is lacking in the women's game, and obviously there are various reasons to it. Injuries being one, another thing, early retirements. There was an interesting study that I came across that in the women's game, a lot of retirements happen at compared to the men's game at an earlier age, and that is also because a lot of the Women tennis players, after a certain point in their life, they get involved with like whatever personal reasons and stuff like that because of which tennis starts taking a backseat, and that's the reason why they choose an early retirement or they go into an early retirement barring injuries, which leads to a lot of top tennis players who could be competitors or challenge or not really challenging at those heights. For example, Lena, she retired at the age of 32. You have uh, Marion Bartoli, she retired at the age of 29. Kim Clijsters, like Krishnan mentioned. Her first retirement was in 2007 when she was, I think, just 24 years old, and the second retirement came in 2012 when she was 29. At the age of 24 and 29, when you're pretty much at your hitting your peak, that's an early retirement. And Sharapova also she retired at 33. While in the men's game, you have Federer who's I think 39 and he's still playing. You have Nadal who I think is 35 or 35 plus. So that is also a reason as to why some of the top players in the women's game who have actually won or challenged. Uh, they retire young, and that's the reason. Perhaps there, there could be an inconsistency. But I do want to say that that I feel like this argument only holds for 2010s because this isn't an issue of women, exactly. women's tennis in general. There have been dominant number twos and number threes. So I am interested by. I, I genuinely, I, I genuinely feel this just is a era where we we don't the 2010s specifically where we just haven't had someone come up. I don't think it's a broader issue with women's tennis in general because there are players. I mean, Navratilova. I feel like great till pretty late. Right. Steffi Graf. So Krishnan, I, I can I can step in here perfectly. Yeah. You yeah. actually platform for this, so yeah. I would like to jump in. Women's tennis. So firstly, men's tennis has always been competitive since the start of tennis uh, altogether. When it was the championships era and not even the open era, they've always had winners who have dominated throughout. It's and I'll just. I'll just put in some of those things into facts here. So, so in men's tennis, uh, if you go back all the way to literally the 60s when Rod Laver played, it was Rod Laver versus Roy Emerson. They both dominated. So they dominated from for eight years. For eight years, they just kept winning titles. Rod Laver ended up with 11, Emerson with 12. These are two Aussies going at it across all surfaces. Then after that you jump ahead. Then John Newcomb came in. Then Ken Rosewall came in. Rosewall also won eight. Uh, Jimmy Connors, Borg, we all know that. Uh, then after after Borg, McEnroe. In between, even Wiermo Vias came in and won four. Uh, after that, uh, after McEnroe came in the big three from Europe. We had Lendl, uh, Stefan Edberg, and uh, Mats Wilander. They all won uh, seven, six, and eight. Uh, I'm not sure who won how many, but The point is, men's tennis has just continuously produced people who have dominated Grand Slams and won multiple, and uh, and it was the same case for women's tennis back then as well. You brought up Navratilova, so Navratilova 
had a huge rivalry during her times with Chris Evert, I believe. Uh, so 83 to 86 was basically just them in the finals across Grand Slams. Uh, I'll move ahead. Then you mentioned 2000s also. As far as 2005, in fact, women's tennis was consistent. Uh, it was Venus versus Serena practically from 2001 to 2003. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, Justine Henna versus Kim Kleisters practically from 03 to 04. After that, it became the Williams sisters and Lindsay Davenport, all three challenging uh, in 04, 05. So it's been after that. But let's not forget, after that, what happened? Serena still dominated the circuit. Venus had her ins and outs as well. Let's not forget, Sharapova was consistently performing well, just couldn't uh, beat Serena when it came down to it, just because Serena was so good. And injuries obviously played their part. Like I mean, the challenge didn't didn't last for more than four years. That's that is that is. But that's but Gui, that's key. always yeah. been the case. But that's yeah. always been the case in women's tennis. The longevity aspect of competition was never more than four years. Typically, even if you look at men's tennis, it was four to six years. It's just been these three. So why are we ignoring the other guys who are also in the men's circuit? They haven't been consistent by any I means. They beat <laughs> yeah. each other all the time as well. So that fourth spot that we're talking about is not consistent. You won't see Wawrinka consistently. You won't see Dominic Thiem consistently. You won't see Zverev. You won't see... Uh, I can go on and on. Dimitrov. I, I, for Murray for a so, short stint of time. Right. He was, it, he it was, was the outsider was, looking at... It, so, it was just Murray who had the gall to compete with those three for an extended period of time. And I think, to be honest, the number four spot has been a complete toss-up between... And, and it's been... See, ever since Murray's um, injury decline, <laughs> I don't think there's been a consistent number four in men's right. tennis. Because so, let's just look at number the top three as one, one bracket and then the challenges in men's tennis. Right. And those challenges have not been consistent. And, I think everyone can attest to that. Right. My, my only point is, I, I was kind of going back to Malu's point, because I think it's pretty undeniable that in 2010s, um, there hasn't been a consistent 2-3 women's tennis. And I think the parable that we're trying to compare to is like, hey, listen, the men's tennis as well, if you take out the big three, there's been a lot of inconsistency. But I will say, both men's and women's tennis, at least maybe 70s, I, I, uh, my knowledge for pre-70s, I mean, pre-90s, I was not born. But pre-70s, even <laughs> reading up, I don't know anything. Um, there usually are a couple of people, men's or women's tennis, right? We're talking about like, whatever, Bog McEnroe. We're talking, when, when you talk about, um, um, when you talk about Lever versus... Uh, Emerson, Emerson, right? Like Emerson. So, so there are at least two people. So I do want to talk a little bit about Malu's point. Is are we? Is there any reason that we're seeing in 2010 uh, that there isn't that consistent number two? Are we saying that it's 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 early retirements? Are we are we saying it's injuries, um, or is there anything more fundamental? I don't personally think there's anything more really fundamental that's um, that's an issue, but I, I wanted to throw that question out to y'all. I, I think it's just been, it's just a happenstance that there's a bit of a silo in maybe timing of dominant players um, that just led to uh, like an interesting void after the number one spot in the 2010s. But I don't know if there's anything like fundamentally. Um, That's interesting what you bring up, Krishna, uh, because um, there was this one um, analyst, an associate analyst from the RAND Corporation. 
who did this little study. And from the study, what she find out, found out is um, in uh, women's tennis, uh, as compared to men's, there's a 31.5% greater chance of, of an upset and uh, letdowns also. And she's defined letdowns as someone winning a big uh, major or a big grand slam. And then after that, getting out in the first, second round, that is greater in the women's game as compared to the men's game. And she comes up with a lot of reasons as to why this happens. And one reason that she comes up with, which I find very interesting, is uh, the number of sets that are played in a Grand Slam. What she says is, in the men's game, there are five sets played as compared to the women's game having three sets. So by that, what she says is, the more amount of sets that are played gives a player more amount of time to get into the game. And because of that, some of the top quality players, sometimes they just need time to find their rhythm. In a, in a match which is decided on the best of three, there are higher chances of an upset because some someday some player can just have a very good game and a person who's actually very good and should be winning just loses like those, those initial one-two sets and they're out of the game. But in the men's game, because it is five every match, because they have that longer duration of time, it lets the players get into the game and that perhaps increases the consistency because the good players, they will find their group and they will, even if they're two sets down, so many times you've seen a Federer and Nadal Djokovic come back from two sets down to win 3-2. But because women, they don't have that much time. That's the reason uh, there are a lot of like letdowns or upsets that happen. So I found it very interesting. And I would like to ask you guys, what do you guys think about this? Do you think this could perhaps be one of the reasons, other than the injuries and the early retirements and personal reasons, the way that the female game is set up, the format, that could potentially lead to what we've been discussing? Fantastic, Shubhav. Perfect. I think uh, this didn't come to my mind. So I'm glad you found this and you brought this up because... Now that I come to think of it, and especially whoever plays tennis knows it, it's so true. Every And any sport, you can have a bad day. So to find your feet sometimes takes time. Uh, even if you see in football, there are slow starter teams. Even in basketball, you see it. The difference is they have so much time on their side to come back. Tennis doesn't give you that opportunity. You're broken once, it's so hard to then break back. Because the, the strength... Or the advantage of tennis is having your own serve. So yeah, I, I I love the point about three sets, and I can definitely speak about this from personal experience because um, I played tennis against Mazar, and like we're not talking about sets, but games. If we're playing like three or four games, I I might win the first couple, but if it goes to six or seven, I lose that. Even if I win the first couple, I'll end up losing it, and I I feel like it's similar with these guys don't really panic in men's tennis, especially like the the top notch talent. It's not a huge um, need to panic if you lose the first set, but you know, if in women's sense, if you lose the first set, which which can happen, just you know, coming out, you don't come like you all said, you you don't come out quick enough, you might lose the set, even if you're the better player, and that can lead to upsets. But here's my kind of my counter: what's changed? Like this has been the case in women's tennis. Women's tennis has historically been a three-set game. I don't think there's ever been a point where it's been, um, it's ever been a five-set game, which which is kind of what. Um, kind of what confuses me. And then I, I, I saw something online as well. I should know this is not like a rant study. This is uh, very unofficial on Reddit. Uh, but, but something that was mentioned is the, the way the game has slowed down a little bit. And, and when I mean slowed down, I mean, I think both men's and women's tennis, I, I think there's a lot more baseline tennis than maybe we've typically seen historically there is a lot fewer cases of people going up to the net quicker making shorter points there's a lot more i think baseline endurance based tennis endurance based and and the point that someone um whatever alex 4732 was making is um that because it's endurance based tennis there is a way to 
to supersede talent almost by effort. And and, and you're not superseding talent. There are very talented players who who are also very fit and very athletic. Um, but there is there there is a little bit less of a differential in talent when you're able to play on the baseline and you're able to um, utilize to the maximum effect your your athleticism and grind out points really. So because there's a little bit more grinding involved in in this game, there's ability to um, to potentially have more upsets because the talent differential then is not as high because points are longer. People are really just playing a lot of lot of long points from the baseline. I don't know if that's had an effect. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. I'm kind of hogging the mic on this one. But I think just before I forget, more importantly, I think Gilles Simon said it uh, very recently that Nadal's just matched Federer. And he would like to see Nadal and Djokovic surpass Federer for the sheer reason that uh, like young athletes now know that there is a non-conventional way to do it as well. As opposed to, okay, Considering Federer is the old school kind of player, he is not the same type or category of player as Djokovic or Nadal, who are endurance based, they will run you out of the court point after point. So, I mean, there are tennis players who don't play the conventional game who are also making this point because there is now an alternate which has proven to be so effective in Nadal and Djokovic. Can we? see more of it and let again the three set point as well you just have to win so i mean you there's no um, scope of dropping a set oftentimes it has happened in men's tennis that you know you're a breakdown you conserve your energy by just not competing hard enough in that set and there's no room to do that in women's tennis uh, right and uh, i think the three set point uh, is brilliant simply because you see it in the ATP tournaments which are three sets and you see the big guns losing so because they lose the first set and then it's hard to come back so I think that is also a key and you shouldn't forget that we're only looking at grand slams but when you look at actually the three set factor of men's tennis it's the same result so uh, the main thing guys and just one thing that I want to wrap up with uh, I think that will rest my case is we have, and this actually uh, supports Malu's point of women's tennis being so inconsistent, is the fact that there have been 31 Grand Slam winners in women's tennis since the 2000s. 31! Uh, and that includes the most recent Roland Garros win as well. And men's tennis, on the other hand, has only had, anyone wants to guess? 19? 19? Yeah, 19 winners since 2000. But if you roll on that, you remove the big three. Uh, now anyone wants to guess how many? Under like seven. It's seven, exactly. It's seven. And if you talk about exactly from the time when Rafa won his first French Open, it's been only six. So, uh, Look at the difference. Women's tennis has basically 12 more winners than men's tennis since the 2000s. So, yeah, I, that's how I'm going to end this. And just to add to what Mazar said, uh, this, this I think is around 2017 or 2018. In the last eight majors of the women tennis tour, uh, uh, there were eight different winners. And in the nine, uh, uh, in the WTA finals, uh, also including some of the most important in tournaments uh, in the women tennis circuit that includes Grand Slam and the WTA Finals. 
there have been nine different players who have won in the last 10 of them in, in 2017-2018. This further highlights as to how there are a lot of different players coming up and, and perhaps there could be a little bit of in, inconsistency out there. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, all of us have been, I would say, we, we do understand that the men's tennis is generational, at least what we are witnessing. There are these three legends who are just dominating. And like you guys, in fact, uh, I, I think it was Goi or Mazar who brought up the point that the fourth place in the men's game is also very inconsistent. There is no real challenge for the fourth position. It's always just the top three. And the women's game, it's, it's, it's just a totally different ball game where you never know who's going to win what. Uh, now, that can be because of various reasons. You put it down to the format, you put it down to being surface specialist, you put it down to early retirements, looking into your personal life, injuries, whatever. But uh, yeah, that is just something that we guys want to discuss in today's podcast and we put it out, out there for all you guys to um, let us know what you guys think now. Do you guys think women's tennis is more inconsistent? Do you guys think it's more competitive? Do you think there's greater depth in women's tennis? That's the reason this happens. Or do you guys just think comparing to the men's game doesn't make too much sense right now because the men's game, like we mentioned, is, is just witnessing something which is historic, pretty much. So let us, let, um, let us know about your thoughts in the comments below. Do like, share, subscribe. Uh, our previous podcast will be linked below. Follow us on all our social media platforms. And we guys should see you all next week with um, another interesting topic to discuss with you guys. Bye.